Hey, um, so you're a Christian, right? Sorry, I'm not a stalker. I saw the sticker on the back of your car the last time you were here, and I've been wondering something. It's not exactly something Google can answer. So what is the deal with you guys and Halloween? I can't tell how you guys feel about it. It's like on the one hand, sometimes you guys come in here and I can hear you talking about it like it's evil, right? But then I think what you guys do is you just change the name of it to fall something or fun fair, or trunk or treat or some other name, but the kids still dress up. So I guess I don't see what's different. I'm not calling you out. I'm, look, I'm no great fan of it either. If I have to give an order for one more Dracula that says, I want to drink your coffee, I'm gonna scream. But it does seem harmless. So I don't know, I just, I can't get a read on you guys. Do you like Halloween or not? And before you answer that, you know what would be really cool? If there was a church that didn't make such a big deal of the candy and the costumes and the ghost stories. Like maybe this year, if someone comes knocking at your door instead of switching off the lights or handing them a track, maybe you just show them some of that genuine light you guys are always talking about. Like maybe this time it's an opportunity instead of a point of conflict. But what do I know? Did you want anything else? I have to go make another pumpkin spice latte. It's like my 80th one today. I've come to give you a word this morning. And before you turn me off, before you walk out of the room, before you shut me down as the preacher of this house and the pastor of this house, I need you to put your big boy pants and your big girl pants on. And, 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 and I, I just need to say this to you, that this woman on this video is the sentiment of most people and even most believers today. But this morning, I've come with an assignment as your pastor and as your shepherd to bring you a message that I do annually. And you go, Pastor, why do you do it annually? Because I believe that there is truth to what I'm about to give you. Now, I need to, before I give you the title, before I get into this, I need you to understand why I do this. I don't do this to make you angry. I don't do this to take away what you think is fun or enjoyment out of your life. I don't do this to rob you. But I have a responsibility as a pastor to bring you truth. Okay, now this gets uncomfortable because everybody wants me to tell you how you're going to be blessed, but nobody wants me to tell you where the enemy is looking to get you. No one wants me to talk about the bad things. They just want me to preach about the blessings of God and the promises of God and the gifts of God and the joy of the Lord and the peace that passes all understanding. But what would I be as a shepherd if I did not tell you there was a wolf in your field? What would I be as a shepherd who did not tell you, hey, this could be a pitfall and I love you too much to watch you go through it? Let me ask you this question. If I was going to walk into a room tomorrow where there was people with guns that were ready to kill me and you knew that they were ready to kill me, would you stop me or would you encourage me to walk in? Well, no, I'm going to just trust God, Pastor. No, I pray that you love me enough to stop me because that is the love of God. And so that is why I'm stepping into this message this morning. Years ago, uh, as, as pastors, for years, we've done things. And, and, and when we came under Pastor Glenn Berteau, he preached this message or a form of this message first. And when he preached it, my spirit completely turned upside down. You ever have those messages that completely catapult your direction or shift you where you're headed? You go, whoa, never saw that before. When I got this revelation about what I'm about to preach to you on, it shifted everything, and I completely walked away from it. 
And so here is my responsibility today. My responsibility is to give you the truth of the word, the truth of the gospel, and the truth of the world that you live in, and how we have to operate as believers. And I pray and believe that every one of us in this room love God. Can I get an amen from somebody in the room? And if we love God, we should follow God. And if we follow God, we should adhere to his leading and direction, not to the world. It's to be in this world, but not of this world. That is what God has asked us to do. So this morning, I want to preach to you a message called Deceived. The truth about Halloween. I can feel the tension already. Now, I need you to understand that before I get into this message, I don't like preaching this message. Let me tell you why I don't like preaching this message. Because some of you are already scouring at me. Some of you have already turned me off. Some of you are already labeling, marking me. You're going to flatten my tires as you leave the parking lot. I get it. Fine. But do you know how much warfare I go through these weeks leading up to this message? Last night, my $900 lapel mic broke. I had a backup, thank God. But, but all of a sudden, these things start happening. As I dig into this message and I start digging into all the things that exist in the world that we don't seem to see, I start to get frustrated. You ever, you ever gone somewhere and you're just like, ugh? That junk comes on me. I was in there. I was in my living room working on putting stuff together for this message. And my son, who usually will, will just eventually fall asleep, eventually, walked into the living room and said, Daddy, I can't sleep. And I said, why? He goes, I'm scared. Hold up, what? What do you mean you're scared? In the moment that I'm sitting and he comes into the room, crawls up on my lap, I put him up, he goes, Dad, I'm scared. And then I realized something. The thing that I was dealing with, or the thing that I was looking into, y'all, hey, look, if you believe that God is real, I need you to believe that the devil's real. And so all of a sudden, I, I t- God told me, he said, shut the computer, you can do this later. And my son and I began to pray and plead the blood of Jesus because I was dealing with something that wanted access to my home. Y'all, y'all looking at me like I'm stupid right now. How many of y'all believe that God exists? Then you got to believe the devil exists too. So what if you believe in the spirit of God, you need to believe in the spirit of the enemy too. you got to know it's real. And the enemy wants an open opportunity to come play havoc in your existence. Okay. So I prayed over him and I went to bed that night. And I realized, I told Tiff and I said, baby, I don't like doing this because the enemy starts playing. All- I was, one day I was just angry. And I'm like, I don't even know why I'm angry. I'm just, and I'm just like, I don't like, I told her, I said, baby, I don't even know what, it's the message. It's the message. It's all the struggle. Okay, so I need you to understand where we're headed. I understand what I'm dealing with. I understand the warfare behind it. But let me tell you this. I need to warn you because I'm going to upset you. I need to warn you because I'm about to show you some stuff you don't want to see. I need to warn you because my responsibility this morning is to give you truth. Okay, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to do it unashamingly. I, I'm going to do it unafraid. And I'm going to show you things that you might not know. So brace yourself. Pastor, what are you going to do? Just bear with me. I'm not going to have you running out the room screaming heresy or, you know, anarchy. But, but I am going to give you the truth. And I didn't tell you I was preaching this message for one reason. Because a lot of people won't come to church when I preach this message. I've had people ask me if I'm preaching this message because if I'm preaching this message, they're not coming to the church because they don't want me to play with their playground. Don't get in my sandbox, Jack. Leave my toys alone. Those are my toys. Keep your toys. Keep your sandbox. If that's the box you want to play in, I can't stop you. But I have a responsibility to tell you if a cat pooped in your sandbox. I have a responsibility to tell you if there's a struggle in your sandbox. And you have the responsibility to decide what you do with it from here. What you choose to do with what I'm about to hand you is up to you. But understand this. There will come a point that you'll have to choose one 
or the other. Somebody says, Pastor, you go overboard with this stuff. You go too far with this. You, 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 why are you always doing this? But I need you to understand I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to give you wisdom. The most common response is that I'm taking the joy out of the night to dress up and get some candy. If you want candy that bad, go to the store, buy a whole bag, dump it on the floor, and eat all the crap. Eat it. Just eat it. That's, if that's all you want is get some candy, get some candy. Pastor, you're such a holy roller. You are exactly right. I've been rolling holy since the day I got saved. But let me give you this one bit of scripture so that you and I are on the same page. Joshua 24, verse 15 says this. And if it seems evil for you to serve the Lord. Dear God, stop right there. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for you this day whom you'll serve. All right, here it comes. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house... As for me and my house, listen, I was not going to preach this message this year. You know who convinced me to preach it? My 13-year-old. He said, Dad, you got to preach that. I said, why? He goes, they got to know. Why? Because as for me and my house, we choose God over everything else. And when he came to me and said, I said, now I know. I got to preach it. My position for you as pastor is to give you the truth. But you're going to believe what you want to believe. But information will give you revelation. Facts override feelings. Can I get an amen from somebody? And in this season of choosing things. Ah, uh, come on. That's, that's the topic right now. What you going to choose? I'm going to choose this. I'm going to choose that. I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose division. I'm going to choose unity. I'm going to choose politics. Or I'm going to choose kingdom. I'm going to, okay, am I going to choose heaven? Am I going to choose hell? Am I going to choose the dark side? Or am I going to choose the light of the world? Which one am I going to choose? I need you to understand. You have a choice. I'm not forcing you to do it, but you're in my house. You're in God's house, and I have to give you the word. So are you ready? Good. In order for us to do this, I need to help you understand what you're dealing with or what you've even been desensitized to. We have sensationalized this day, and it is my responsibility to expose it. There are over 171 million Americans that will celebrate Halloween in some way this year. In that, it, is projected, it was projected that last year, people spent $9.1 billion on Halloween. To some people's estimates, that is more than the, than the United States spends on Christmas. On candy and decorations that we pull out for one night a year. But in order for us to bring the truth, we must first define what Halloween is. Do we really know what Halloween is all about, or do we just dress up because it's what we've always done? Come on, work with me for a second. I grew up in a house where we dressed up. Did you do that? I, we did it. So I'm not, I'm not faulting you for having dressed up and done the Halloween gig. I'm not trying to, to oh, you're going to hell if you did this. No, I'm trying to caution you. I'm trying to give you this stuff. So let me give you a little bit of history here on Halloween. Over 300 years before Christ was born, there was a civilization called the Celtics or the Celts. In the Celtic civilization, there was a group that controlled the people called the Druids. Y'all with me so far? Druids were pagan priests. A pagan is defined as this. A member of a religious or spiritual or cultural community based on the worship of nature or the earth. It goes on to define what a pagan is as an irreligious or hedonistic person. Okay, hedonists are defined as this, a person whose life is devoted to the pursuit of pleasure and self-gratification. 
This all started with the Druids in a celebration or festival of the dead. The festival is called Samhain. If you look at it, it looks like it says Samhain, but they pronounce it Samhain. This is what we've heard on movies and videos, All Hallows' Eve. This is that day, but it is a witch's day called Samhain, and it is celebrated on October 31st. The witching hour is from the hours of 11 till 12 o'clock. If you look at it and you research this deep enough, you will find out that that is when the witches come out and they begin to perform drastic curses and hexes and all kinds of satanic rituals. Okay. During this celebration, the Celts believed that as we moved from one year to the next, the dead and the living would overlap and demons would roam the earth again. Anybody want to play yet? Hmm. They believed that the veil between the earth and the spirit realm was the thinnest and that it was the perfect opportunity for the spirits to return. But instead of you saying, Pastor, you just put that on paper to make us scared, I found some people that can give you a little bit more information about it. This is a time of magic. It's the witch's annual final exam. Finding and attuning our consciousness so that we can access these different brainwaves and these forms of connection. And each time we do, we strengthen that connection. I think the veil between spirit and the world is thinner, so there's more um, possibilities of experiences. That's when we revere them, for that is the date of the year when the veil between this world here, the seen, and that world there, the unseen, is at its thinnest. Also a time where the veils between um, the spirit world and the, the mundane world are very thin. So it's very easy to contact spirits that you may have had hard times with. No, you're not nuts, it's just Samhain. I'm here to do a video on Samhain. So Samhain is October 31st and it falls on Halloween. The most blessed day of the year for pagans, witches, and Wiccans is finally here. And it allows for a better communication with those who've gone before. That's why when we do our ritual and open up that circle, we're inviting them to come to our circle, come share the firelight that we prepared for them. Because you're getting a whole lot of more psychic information. You know, the psychic first line, so to speak. You're just getting a lot more input. I think October around Halloween is when it's the most uh, evident. It can be really become more out. And it is the time for spirit work and darker forms of magic. Um, I highly recommend doing um, any sorts of blood work, any sorts of cursing or hexing that you have planned to do. It just, it really excites me. I don't make this stuff up. That exists. Yet we just ignore it and we go, it's just Halloween. I know you still want to turn me off. Like, Pastor, you're still going too far. Good, I got a little bit further to dig here. Because during this celebration, the souls of the dead would come back to their homes and the people that lived there were to entertain them and also have food for them. They believed that if you did not provide food and shelter on that night, evil spirits would come and put a spell on you and cause havoc for you and your family. They would perform a trick on you. If they were satisfied, they would leave you a treat. Now you know where you get the statement, trick or treat. The spirits would come to trick or treat. They would wear, the people would wear costumes made from the heads and fur of animals and read for fortunes. 
they would celebrate the end of their year by dressing up as what they believed the evil spirits looked like. Here was the other reason. They dressed up because they wanted to look like the evil spirits that were roaming the earth so the evil spirits would not attack them. Hmm. This dressing up was a defense mechanism. If you encountered a real demon, ro demon roaming the earth, they would think you were one of them. So when we go from door to door dressed up as whatever and say trick or treat, then we are reenacting what the evil spirits would do. But it's still not a big deal, Pastor. Come on, it's not that serious. Most people believe that Halloween is completely harmless. But Ephesians chapter 5, verse 10 through 11 says this. Watch what it says. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. But take no part in worthless deeds of evil, darkness. Instead, do what I'm doing right now. Expose it. Why? Listen, I didn't come to tickle the enemy. I came to kill him. I came to remove him. I came to destroy him. And if Christ dwells in you, how can you entertain what the world wants you to get desensitized to? No, me and the devil, we divorced each other. He had me, then he lost me. I'm not playing in his playground anymore. There's a gentleman by the name of Anton LaVey. Anton LaVey is the founder of the Church of Satan. He is the founder. He is dead now, but he is the founder of the Church of Satan. This is what Anton said about Halloween while he was still living. I am glad, watch it, that Christian parents allow their kids to worship the devil at least one night out of the year. At least we can get the one night to introduce them to the occult. Anybody ever dressed up like a ghoul or a goblin or a vampire? I did. Some of y'all ain't waving at me right now. I did. Did you dress up things that were unholy? I did. Then I realized, hey, time out. And, and I, didn't, I didn't know this. So if you don't believe me, let, me, let me show you how the desensitization works in the culture that we live in. Y'all know when your babies were little, right? You know, you had your kid, little kids, and you dress them up for Halloween. You, maybe you dressed your son or your daughter up as a, as a unicorn. Oh, just a cute little unicorn. Oh, praise the Lord. It's a cute little unicorn. We're going to go trick-or-treat. Yay. Maybe you dressed up your son as a policeman or, 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 or a fireman. Or, oh, it's so cute. And then they grow up. And while they're running the streets, they're seeing other things. And so the next year, your daughter comes back and says, I want to be a witch. And your son comes back and says, I want to be Dracula. But we're still not that bad because, you know, Disney has made being a witch cute and cool fun. You know, oh, it's just a Dracula. It's not that big a deal. I mean, he's just a, a, a vampire that flips as a bat and sucks the blood out of people. But it's no, it's no big deal. It's okay. But then they come back the next year, and then your daughter now wants to be a fallen angel. And your son wants to be a haunted spirit. You catching this yet? Still not done yet. I'm trying to show you how they do this. But then your daughter comes back the next year. She gets a little bit older. She says, Dad, but I, I want to be this this year, a spellcaster. And your son wants to be a underworld demon. And your daughter comes back next year. Dad, I'm grown now. I want to be a sorceress. And your son comes back and says, Dad, I want to be a soul taker. And just, just pause right there for a second because you really can't see it. But on the bottom of this outfit are the souls of people trying to, tormented souls trying to dig their way out. But we're okay. It's just, it's just Halloween. It's one day of the year. Then your daughter comes back and says, I want to be this. The dark angel. And your son comes back and goes, hey, Dad, it's cool. There's killer clowns. Yeah. You see that on my street? That brother's going to fall real fast. Y'all might see a pastor go to jail for shooting somebody in the middle of the street because we ain't playing. Okay, amen. 
I'm not praying. We're shooting. Amen. Okay. Pray later. We'll pray healing back over when we're done. Amen. Wait, 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 wait. But so, so we're, we're right now, you're getting where I'm going right now, right? And you go, Pastor, we're good. Come on, it's not that serious. Oh, no, no, no. I decided to look into this year's catalog. <laughs> then your daughter comes back and wants to do this. The Wild for Blood Mistress. Can, can you see that picture real well? I, I hope you can. Because here's what we get caught up in. I don't want to go too far back. We get caught up in the costume, right? Oh, the costume's not that bad. But what you miss is the picture behind it. Oh, you don't know what that is? Let me show you the next slide. The rams behind her are a representation of Baphomet. Baphomet is the symbol of the satanic temple. And they put this on the website and say, hey, check this out. Buy the costume. But what you're buying is the spirit. Oh, let me prove it to you. Let me take one step deeper. Then there's another costume for a dude that's called the evil emperor. And you've got this, oh, it's not that big a deal, right? It's just a, it's just a ghoul. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a new updated version of Skeletor from He-Man. But here was the crazy thing. Skeletor never came with one of these. Do the next slide. Given with this costume when you purchase it is a medallion of a pentagram that comes with the costume. See, here's what happens. We start you off small, and then we keep digging and digging and digging until you are so desensitized to it that you accept it for reality. And now what you're doing is you're pushing the things of God out to bring the things of the Spirit in, and what you're telling God is, it's not that it's okay, God, but you're telling God to be okay with it. <laughs> let, me, let me give you this. This is a good letter. I, I found this, and like I told you, I have to do crazy research when I do these sermons, so I had to go to the Satanist website. My spirit goes upside down when I do these things because I'm reading things and I'm going, Ugh. but let, let me read you the letter that they wrote about Halloween. We see this holiday as the night when the normal people try to reach down inside and touch the darkness, which for Satanists is a daily mode of existence. Particularly in the United States, Halloween is a time for celebrating monster films, wearing costumes of a frightening nature, and evoking the thrill of fun fear. Yet I can't seem to find that one declarative statement in the Bible at all. Children of all ages can indulge their fantasies by wearing costumes that allow for intense role-playing and release of their demonic cores. The parts of their personalities often hidden from their friends, co-workers, and families. Come on, work with me for a second. Have you seen some? Some of y'all went to some Halloween parties and did some things you probably shouldn't have done. Can I get an amen from somebody? Uh, some, that night, all inhibitions are out the window. All, all reality is out the window. This is the one night of the year I'm going to tap into my dark side. It says here, it says, uh, Satanists embrace what this holiday has become and do not feel the need to be tied to ancient practices. This night we smile at the amateur explorers of their own inner darkness, for we know that they enjoy their brief dip into the pool of the shadow world. We encourage their dark fantasies, the candied indulgence, and the wide-ranging invoking of spirits of our philosophy, while tolerating some of the chintzy versions as well, even if it's but once a year. For the rest of the time, when those not of our underworld shake their heads and wonder at us, we can point out that they may find some understanding by examining their own All Hallows' Eve doings. They encourage you to dress up, but it's still not harmless. But God is very serious about this. 
Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9 through 14 says this. When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, be very careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations living there. For example, here it comes. Never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering. And do not let your people practice fortune telling or use sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or cast spells or function as mediums or psychics or call forth the spirits of the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. It is because the other nations have done these detestable things that the Lord your God will drive them out ahead of you. But you must be blameless before the Lord your God. The nations you are about to displace consult sorcerers and fortune tellers, but the Lord your God forbids you from doing such things. Did you hear what I just said? The Lord your God, it doesn't request, it doesn't hope. He says, I forbid it. If you're going to call yourself a believer, I forbid it. This is a place we do not play. This is not a place where, oh, grace matters. No, this is a place where you choose heaven or hell, light or dark, death or life. You you got to choose something here. He says, I forbid it. God doesn't say that a lot in the Bible, but this one he does. You go, but pastor, how is dressing up? Like doing all this stuff. Okay, let me ask you this question. If I go buy cocaine, put the cocaine in my car, get pulled over by the cops, and the cops go, there's cocaine in your car. And I go, yeah, there's cocaine in my car, but I don't use it. Work with me. Because some of us have tried that stupid logic. Come to your house. Pastor, I don't drink, but your refrigerator's full. What you want me to believe? How can you entertain one portion of it and not entertain the full portion of it? If you eat one portion of the bread, you have to eat all the bread. But you can't say I'm going to nibble off a corner, but I'm not partaking. No, baby, you're partaking. You're a part of it. But I'm not doing everything they're doing. No, but you're still enjoying it. You're still engaging in it. Run, flee the very appearance of evil is what the Lord says. Halloween is steadily becoming a recognized occult holiday. You want me to prove it? Here's some more information just to help you a little bit further. The federal court says this. A federal judge has set the wheels in motion to force a federal correction facility in Jefferson County, Colorado, to allow a prisoner to perform a satanic ritual on Halloween. Judge Edward Nottingham issued a preliminary injunction allowing the ritual, even though the prisoner admits it includes a destruction ritual in which he visualizes the death of his enemies. Are you kidding me right now? Oh, I'm still not done. In the U.S. military, in the U.S. Air Force, physical therapists who say physical, uh, sorry, a physical therapist who says she has been a practicing witch for years, for four years, won permission to take Halloween and seven other days off as a religious holiday. A spokesman at Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio said regulations require that Patricia Hutchins be accorded the same freedom to express her religious beliefs as any other religious believer. And you go, Pastor, yes, we're in the time where, you know, religious freedom for everybody. Are you? That's not religious freedom, baby. That's religious binding. That is a bounding to something that is unholy. But we're, we're okay. We're, we're okay. Hold on. Let me give you one more. New Orleans. Welcome to your city. The Voodoo Museum in New Orleans usually offers a special Halloween ritual in which people may see true voodoo rites be issued. But it's no big deal. It's still no big deal. 
There's all kinds of symbolism that we've been desensitized to by culture. Is the pumpkin bad? No. Pumpkin pie? Good. Amen. Carve pumpkins? Ah. But pastor, okay, here, let me give you some truth. The carved pumpkin was created as a good luck charm placed at the door or in the window to ward off evil spirits. The pumpkin is not bad until it becomes an illustration of the things that are unholy. Okay, a skeleton's not bad in a science atmosphere, but when it's coming out the ground, that's not cool. Why? I'm not going to say who I did it to, but years, that was it last year, I think I did it last year. I went to somebody's house, and they had skeletons in their front yard, and I decided out of love and joy in my heart to make every one of them worshipers in their front yard. So every skeleton was like this in the front yard. And then I left politely. I, 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 look, keep your skeletons, but we're going to let them praise the Lord, not look like coming out of the ground. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, black cats. How many of you got a black cat? I'm not saying your black cat's the devil. But during Halloween, let me tell you what the black cat represents. It represents a spirit guide that dwelled in the cat for the witch. See, we're, we're, it's just a little cute black cat. It's just a little cute ghost. It's a little cute witch. It's a little cute. No! It's not cute. And if we start saying it's cute, then we have to reject something else. Most decor has to do with something dead or coming to life. And each year you can pick this decor up at most local stores. But it gets worse easier. Don't play yet. Because I need to warn you. What I'm about to show you is uncomfortable. It's not goo. It's not bad. It's just for those that are believers in this room, you will understand where I'm coming from. But I'm not going to ask you to watch the video. I'm going to ask you to listen to what they say. These are things I can go to the store today and buy, spend hundreds of dollars purchasing to place in my front yard so that I can scare people. The thing that we miss is what they're saying and what they've desensitized us to listen to. This stuff I found is available in a store this year. When my son leaned over to my computer to see what he went, he went, oh, heck no, 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 no. Because what it does is it causes your spirit man to get very uncomfortable very fast. But I would be amiss if I didn't show you what's out there. Watch this small clip. Look at me, just as all the others have. Now that I have you, your soul will be mine forever! the cemetery, especially at midnight, when it's colder, when the other children are long asleep, and the dead awaken. Oh yes, more souls to feed the dead. Please pass through and let us take your life. Listen to the soft singing of those that have fallen before you. They are calling your name. It is time for you to join them for an eternity! <laughs> ah, visitors. I have been waiting for you for a very long time. 
matter. You will have an eternity to mourn the mistakes you have made. Now that you're here, you can never leave. <laughs> I figured that was enough. Everybody's spirit okay? Because see, now you want to run out the room and be like, no, 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 we got to go. That ain't right. And some of y'all are like, I don't see it, Pastor. I don't see it. It's because you've been blinded by it. You've become desensitized to it because obviously this has become okay culture. And we still make the statement, but Pastor, I don't do that. I don't go buy those things. I don't put those things in my front yard. But you still entertain the day. Look, when we started this, Tiff and I, we, we talked about this a lot. And we're like, well, let's give them an alternative. But it's still celebrating the day. Look, we, we, one year we tried to do it here at the church where we said, well, we'll do an alternative on our parking lot. We'll put jumps out and we'll have fun and we'll bring paint. People showed up in ghouls, goblins, Dracula, witches, <laughs> church folk. You're going town out. But it's all harmless fun. Well, but, but, it's, but it's just, it's, I'm just, my daughter's going to dress up like Elsa. It's not a big deal. It's not the character. It's the choosing to entertain the day. I'm going to tell you this, that October 31st is not a holiday on my calendar. It might be a holiday to the rest of my neighborhood, but it is not a holiday on my calendar. It does not exist. It is not a day that I celebrate in fact, we've decided in our house, my son and I were talking the other night, and we've decided we're going to put lights on our house for Halloween. Christmas lights. No, no, no. Y'all think I'm joking. I'm about to make my house the brightest house in the neighborhood. And then Judah comes to me and said, Dad, instead of putting all that junk in the front yard, can we find a baby Jesus and put it in the front yard? I said, we could do that. You don't understand how ticked off I'm going to make people on, even on Halloween. And I'm not doing it to be confrontational. I said, you know what? If the light dwells in me, why not I put out the light? I just, I don't, I don't understand it. I, I, once you've come to a realization, once you've come to an understanding, how do you entertain the world of the dark while trying to embrace the kingdom of light? How do you keep, you can't, that's like, that's like getting free from something or, or getting rescued from drowning and then jumping back into the waters and saying, but I want to be saved. Listen, do you understand that you can go online right now and buy a satanic ritual kit for your kids to do? More TV shows and scary stuff every year. Y'all work with me for a second. I don't like watching TV during the Halloween month because it just, it gets out of control. And my kids are like, ah, because some of that stuff is rough. You can go to Walmart and pick up a Ouija board today. Pastor, it's just a Ouija board. It's not real. Okay, let me give you a story real quick because this one's true. When I was a kid, I had a friend who had a Ouija board. We went to a friend's house for a birthday party. Had no clue what we were getting into. They decided to play uh, all these different things, and then they decided to pull out a Ouija board in a dark room, and I was in the room, and I knew better. I went home, and my mama told me some things by the time I got home. But they started doing all this stuff, and so they took the board, and my friend took it to his house. The next morning, when he woke up, the board was sitting on the floor when it was in the box the night before. That afternoon, we, I came to his house. We went outside. He's like, we're going to burn this thing. We burnt it. We lit it on fire, but it wouldn't burn. You think I'm playing yet? 
We lit the thing on fire. The flame turned blue. Pastor, that was just the paint. But why did it not burn? Then he tried to bury it. And the next morning, the thing was sitting on top of the ground. You think I'm playing yet? See, people don't go, that can't be real, Pastor. That can't be real. Then your salvation isn't real. Then eternity isn't real. You can pick up a Ouija board at a local store. All this is not really affecting us today because we go, we don't participate in that. Okay, here you go. Let's get into your kids' schools. School in Milwaukee. It's a parent of a five-year-old says this. He's scared now to go to bed at night, to be in the dark, anything alone. A Milwaukee mom has stated over her five-year-old kindergarten who has been having nightmares thanks to his teacher. Around Halloween, the kindergarten teacher, according to an email she sent the mother, brought in a Ouija board to the classroom. The teacher went on to explain that they weren't really conjuring up spirits, and they, view, and they used the Ouija board for fun because the kids begged the teacher for scary stories. However, the mom's son told a different story. He said the teacher shut off the lights and, and, and uh, said to shut off the lights. She pulled the blinds, and then she encouraged the kids to talk to the spirits. Let my kids fall into that classroom. We're not going to get mad. We're just going to pray a lot. Amen. But it's no harm fun. We've become so desensitized to this event, to the things of darkness. No wonder the church is not as bright as it used to be any longer. Because we're running into the church to try to get away from the darkness. But then we go back out into the world and play back into the darkness. Listen, can I just say this to you? Most churches have become a relief to the dark living of a Christian. Did you catch what I just said? I need a reprieve from the darkness in my life. So let me go to church. Rather than I'm going to church because I've abandoned the darkness in my life. And that is the moment where I celebrate how good the light's been all week long. We've brought darkness into the church. Don't ask me as your pastor to have a, have a, have a trunk or treat night or, or, or can we have an event for the kids. on? No, no, I'm not going to do it. My kids aren't dressing up. Pastor, you're, you're being ridiculous. You're taking their fun. No, I'm not. I'm teaching them. Raise a child in the way they should go and when they get older, they won't depart from it. I'm going to either adhere to the word or I'm going to adhere to what you think. And I promise you, the word will outstand your life. So I'm going to hold on to the word. And, and you might go, Pastor, that's, that's ridiculous. I can't believe you're doing that. That's stupid. I'm not going to march my children to the gates of hell and then hope they can dig their way out. And when they get older, they can make their decisions. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Every year it gets worse. Every year it gets rougher. But it's still no big deal. Today, the pictures, movies, TV shows, costumes, and decorations full of gruesome, glory, fearful of immoral stuff, they don't affect us anymore. Come on, you see somebody wearing, look, I mean, we, we you know, back in the day, I, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. You remember back when we, car alarms came out? If a car alarm went off back in the day, everybody thought a car was getting broken into. Car alarm goes off now, you, this is all you think. Can somebody shut off their stupid car alarm? You don't even look to see if they're getting a car broken into. You become so desensitized to the noise, you don't even care anymore. You don't even look. You're like, that's stupid. What, they, they need to fix their car alarm. I'm not checking on their car. But back when they first came out, you're like, who's breaking in somebody's car? Freaking out thinking you're going to be a police officer all of a sudden. You're going to stop the bad guy. I give this truth, but yet the world says ignore it. But if I ignore it, then I have to ignore this. 
And if I ignore this, I'm going to have to conform to that. But I got to choose which one I'm going to serve. Can I just say this to you? And I'm, I'm a fervent believer in this. Either serve him or don't. Don't play him for an idiot. Either commit or decommit. But don't play both sides of the fence. You don't have a right to call on the grace and mercy and the joy and the love of God if you keep choosing to play in the devil's playgrounds. You have what we say sold your soul. You have committed it to something else. And people get so upset. I've heard people say, you took my joy away. I would love to know what you think about Christmas if Halloween is your joy. I would love to know what the birth of the Savior means to you. If the day All Hallows Eve, Samhain, a night of witching, is that much joy to you. We have become so desensitized to the blood and the gore. That it's all become the norm. We've accepted it. No wonder the crucifixion of Jesus doesn't even bother us anymore. Because the truth be told is that that is not even the story we tell anymore. We don't tell the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus any longer. We don't tell it to its gruesomest detail. We accept the gruesome of the gore of hell, but we do not accept the gruesomeness of the price paid at Calvary so that we might have eternity. And we don't tell that story and we become desensitized to it. We don't even see the blood. That is still hard for me to watch to this day. And I can sit here and tell you the details of what his body went through at crucifixion day. I can tell you what the preparation of his body was. I've studied it. I've researched it. And I promise you, it is deeper and darker than any demonic video you've ever seen. 
but yet that doesn't even grab us anymore because the other stuff doesn't. Do you see what the enemy has done? Listen, he will take an event to try to catapult you out of the space where you adhere to the things of God rather than the things of this world. And he will, he will, he will try to get you into a place where you no longer see God, you just see a bloody character. wonder salvation is not held it's visited but in revelations chapter 20 verse 3 it says this and he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set the seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more who's he jesus that when he said, it is finished, he shut the enemy off. But Revelations chapter 21, verse 6 through 8 says it this way. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. And I will be their God and they will be my children. But... Cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars. Their fate is in the fiery lake of the burning sulfur. This is the second death. And you go, Pastor, but what about the love and the mercy of God? That is love and mercy. He gave you the chance to choose. The God of the Old Testament didn't give you the chance to choose. He smited you. Then God of his infinite love said, I love my people so much that I want to bring grace to the table. So I will send grace through Jesus. I will send mercy through Jesus. And I will crucify him so that they don't have to die. But they still have to choose. I will not force them to choose. I will not beg them to choose. I will give them the choice. Not one time in scripture will you ever hear Jesus demand a choice. He will always give the option. I need you to understand that when I caught the revelation on this, it changed me. I think we've all done it innocently. I don't think any of us in this room went out with intentions of entertaining the enemy. I don't think any of us went out on Halloween and dressed up because, hey, we want to celebrate witchcraft or we want to celebrate the demonic side of things or we want to celebrate hell. I don't think any of us have ever done that. But you have to come to a point where you say, what am I choosing in this hour? Can I, can I just say this to you? Before you choose political agendas, before you choose division or unity, before you choose any of that stuff, can we just choose God first? Can I just help you with this? If we choose God, everything else would work out. How do I know that? Because the Bible says, for God so loved the world. If that same love that he had abides in us, lives in us, then loving each other would be very easy. Unity would be very easy. Uh, uh, racism would falter because we've placed it under the Word of God and in the Word of God rather than in our hands and in our mouth and in our eyes. 
Political agendas wouldn't succeed in our country if we'd put God back in the country rather than kick him out. If we'd allow our kids to go into school and where there should be religious freedoms, allow them to pray, not have to have this weird thing about it and, 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 and allow people to seek the face of God again and, and allow children to pray for their teachers and their counselors and their principals. But what we've done systematically is we've removed him from every element and then we come into the church and we say, God, where are you? And God says, I've been here. You just won't hold me. You keep putting me down so you can pick up other things. And I didn't come into your life to visit. I came to rest. I came to reside. I could tell you there's all kinds of people out there. Uh, a video was given to me, and, and I wanted to use it, but I just couldn't find the space to do it. But Johnny Ramirez, if you ever get a chance to look him up on YouTube, former Satanist, he'll tell you all about it and why Halloween doesn't work and why Christians shouldn't do it. Believers shouldn't do it. But here's where you have your choice. Here's what it is. Watch. Ready? I've done my job finished my course I've made my choice now it's up to you and I don't need to have an altar call because you need to come up here and repent mm -mm. you need to make a choice why do I get up on a Sunday morning and go to church why do I profess the things of faith why do I adhere to the gospel of Christ If those things rest in you, then you have to abandon the things of this world. And this one right here is a no-play game for me. I'm not mad at anybody who chooses to celebrate Halloween. I'm not angry. I'm not, I don't think I'm better than you. I don't think that I'm holier than you. I don't, I don't think you're going to hell. Here's what I, I do think. And here's what I do believe. The enemy only needs a crack. He doesn't need you to swing the door open. He just needs a crack. And if you give it to him, I promise you he will come visit. I don't want my kids walking down dark halls afraid. I don't want my four-year-olds walking. I don't want my four-year-old to come into the living room and say, Daddy, I can't sleep. I'm afraid. If God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of sound mind, then I will not adhere to anything that is a spirit of fear. Because I'm going to maintain the love, power, and the sound mind. I am going to reject everything that brings fear. And I'm going to embrace everything that brings life. Do not... Do not, do not, do not, do not walk out of this room and be angry because I brought truth to something in your life. I'm asking you to just hear my heart and sit on it, eat it, digest it, let it sit, and then go to God and let him talk to you about it. I'm not telling you what to do. 
But as a shepherd, I have a responsibility to make sure that you don't end up on the other side of the fence. But you notice that Jesus never said that he stopped the sheep from jumping over the fence. He just warned them what was on the other side of the fence. My heart for you is that that you let go of worldly things and embrace God completely. When I got this revelation, good God, I feel God so heavy right now. When I got this revelation, man, I bawled my eyeballs out. Because I realized I had opened myself up to things that just weren't godly. Now, I was never the guy who adhered to watching scary movies. I don't like to be scared. I don't know about y'all. i got to tell you a quick story real quick and I'm going to close. I went to a haunted house when I was 17. Really stupid. This dude jumped out of the corner in a gorilla costume. And I'm one of those guys that does like fight or flight. But I don't flight because I'm a big dude. So I fought. And I punched him in the face and broke his nose. And I'm like, my bad. I'm sorry. I go outside. He's holding his nose and blood just got. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. You got like real close. Yeah. I remember when my wife and I first got married and she, I came home one night and she likes to play peekaboo and she thinks it's funny. Ha ha. She jumped around the corner. Ha ha. I said, babe, you almost went down for the count tonight. Just want you to know, that's not spousal abuse. Like, you almost went down. You played the game. Look, there's nothing wrong with, well, if you divorce that, you can't play peekaboo. You can't play scary things. You can't try to scare your spouse or scare your kids. Yeah, you can. But they know where I'm at. I mean, I've done dumb things to my children. My wife's done worse. Y'all need to blame her. She started the war. Look, watch. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. Amen. Y'all pray for Pastor Tiffany. All right. We got a video, literally. My wife's scaring my son probably like 60 times. She's like, let's post it online. It'll be funny. I'm like, that's so wrong. But I don't want to birth the spirit of fear. Okay, can I give you one more? Can I give you one more? God, I got so many. My daughter was little. How old was Hope? She was probably four with the house. And I went outside and scared her. She was like three. And we would play these stupid jokes. We're like, ah, we're gonna we're gonna scare them. So I went outside of our house, and her room had two windows on it. And I went to the window and I went on the window. And of course, it was nighttime, like a dummy. And I walk in the room and she's laying on the bed. I said, Are you scary? He goes, she goes, man, I had to crawl in that bed and pray over that girl that night. I felt so bad as a father. I was like, I have failed epically. Okay, so we have those moments, right? We have those moments. With, but then I realized that I don't, wanna, I don't want to encourage that spirit because it can become a spirit that trails them and fights them. I don't need that for my kids. So we roll away from it. I'm just, as your shepherd, as your pastor, I'm asking to take these truths in. I hope some of you have heard this message before maybe have ignored me. Oh, it's just that stupid Halloween message. Here we go again. Pastor being that dumb, that dumb Christian again. Or I'm leaving the church because I'm not going to go to church and try to take away my Halloween. I can't stop you. 
<laughs> I can't even fault you. Because I remember what, what I felt like when people tried to take my darkness too. But now you have a responsibility. To take the truth that I've given you and choose you this day whom you'll serve. Everybody stand to your feet. I'm going to ask you to hang loose for a second. Don't anybody run out the door just yet. I hope and pray you know my heart. I hope and pray you know my heart for you as family, as friends, as co-laborers in the kingdom. I hope you understand my desire to see you free. To walk in the fullness of God, not the visitation of Sundays. I desire for the God that we serve to go home with you and to rest in your houses. I desire the peace that passes all understanding to guard and keep your heart and your mind on a daily basis. I desire the same relationship that I have with God for you to have with God. And not that that makes me any better because daily I have to work at it. And daily, at sometimes at moments, I don't make the right decisions. But I serve a God who loves me enough to receive me when I don't do it perfectly all the time. But you have to make a choice. Play the game or submit. Remember this. The Bible says that sin is fun for a season. And then you have to answer. Don't let something as stupid as Halloween become something that separates you from a full life committed to the things of Christ. I would hate for that to be the marker that kept you out of heaven. Choose, decide, subscribe, and walk into it. I want to walk before the Lord blamelessly not with things walking behind me that I've entertained in the slide, thinking that God didn't see. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this body of believers in this room. And Father, I thank you that they've been willing to sit here for the last 45 minutes and listen to me rant about Halloween. Father, more importantly, I thank you for their heart to hear your truth, not mine. To hear your word, not mine. Father, let them not get caught up in the delivery. Let them get caught up in the deliverer. The one who's come to set them free. Father, my prayer as the pastor of this house and as a pastor in the church, my prayer, and I pray that other pastors pray this as well, that we would abolish, abandon, run away from things that are contrary to your word. And we would commit our lives to you and your kingdom the way we should have done it in the first place. Father, help us to lay aside childish things. To lay aside what we think is proper. And let us adhere to your word where it declares what is required for us as believers. Father, let your truth reign. Let your joy reign. Let your peace reign. And Father, I trust that you will do the rest. I place this word in your hands as you minister to your people this week leading up to Halloween. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. 